Welcome to Behind the Design. I'm Mark Grazier. And I'm Megan Nadalski. Today, we're going to talk about hotel art. I don't know about you, Mark, but I think about hotel art the way I think about elevator music. Bland, boring, a sea of sameness. Yeah, it's always really bad. <laughs> yeah, but maybe we were wrong. We thought maybe we'd get right to the experts and check our perception. You know, back in the day, it seems like it used to be copies of these prints of different flowers in every single hotel across the country. It was like, let's get more of those roses. <laughs> I mean, that's how dummied down art was back then. This is Glenn Wilson, Vice President of Global Design Strategies, and she's been working on Marriott and JW brand design direction for quite some time now. She knows a thing or two about hotel art. Same with sort of the British um So it turns out we weren't wrong, but why was hotel art always like this? So I can tell you that when I started out, right out of school, it was not considered an important part of the hotel. I mean, first off, if you think about design, everything else has to be in that room. You can't go without the bed. You can't go without the bathroom. So when you get to a situation where there's a budget issue, where's the first place they cut? It's the artwork budget. There is a sense of we can't go too far, it might offend some guest. And there's so many people that already decide what we have the tolerance for, even if they haven't asked us, and don't even present something that might have been a really great option, and a lot of times we find out later. So now we've established that hotel art has been the victim of slashed budgets, a fear of offending guests, and maybe a perception from the outside that we wouldn't even want to push boundaries. But is that changing? I actually think that it started changing. It's going to seem like it wasn't long ago, but it actually was a good bit of time ago when boutique hotels started popping up. And I think in particular, a lot of the work that Ian Schrager did in in London with some of the small hotels he did there, where the art in that public space became really the focal point and it became the um, the piece that created the experience for that lobby or that restaurant or that bar. Like most things in design, we have boutique hotels to thank for forging this path and we're starting to follow suit, even with our flagship brand. For, the, for JW and the Marriott brand, we would look at art beyond what is traditional artwork on the walls or sculpture, that it can be architectural details and architectural elements. So if you're in India, and in India they're known for doing really great um, carved wood pieces, very intricate, very beautiful. Well, you could have a lobby that has beautiful screens and architectural details incorporating that carved woodwork. It is then the artwork in the space. There might not be a painting hanging on the wall, but that is that visual interest. That is that moment where you realize that somebody created this by hand and that there was an artisan behind this particular piece, even though it really is an interior architectural detail. Well, that's good news. We're now thinking about how art can be incorporated into the design. We're even turning our lighting into art. We have a spa, JW Spa in Seoul. It's all contemporary, but very beautiful marbles. That the graining is all matched, and it um, has fireplaces by the swimming pools. It's just beautiful. But in that space, they have this wonderful lighting system that constantly changes the color of the space depending on anything from the weather outside to 
whoever is in that space, you know, if there's a need for the color to change. And it might sound very simple, but it really does become the art in the space because everything else is void of art and it's just captivating. So hotels are changing. Can hotels change without changing the artwork within them? No, art has, it, it lives together. It has to change together. Do you have any favorite pieces of artwork that you've seen where you thought, wow, if we could only just... I saw something. I have not seen this in a hotel, but I thought, wow, if we could do this. There was an artist that somehow has figured out how to make a cloud inside. So imagine you are in this fabulous lobby and you're a guest and you're checking in or you're walking around and all of a sudden this huge real cloud appears. We're not talking about like cotton balls. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You're kidding. Yeah. And then it's momentary, you know, it's a momentary thing and after a few minutes it goes away. Um, but it's this artist and I, I just thought how incredible would that be if we could actually pull that off in a hotel? Yeah. <laughs> All I can think of is, and it follows an unhappy guest around. <laughs> you know, we've talked about how hotel art has, has definitely been a little bit of the victim and, and fallen behind, uh, and that we need to do some work in this mm-hmm. area. Um, do you have any advice for designers when they're designing our future hotels? If there's one thing that designers could do differently, this is a big ask, but the world has become so homogenized that it's been very distressing for me for years because you're just losing all that wonderful personality that cities have. And I think that when it comes to hotel design, everyone seems to want this formula for, well, how do we infuse the local? And I think... That's, what ha- that's one of the most important things that have to change. There isn't a formula. As a corporation, we really need to loosen up, and we really need to understand that by trying to come up with a, a formula for how you infuse local into a hotel is actually doing the opposite sometimes. Thanks for talking with us today, Glenn. Oh, it's been my pleasure. It was fun. Yeah, this has been great. And now you'll all be looking at the art now every time. <laughs> we'll look for the, the, the tulips. We'll look for the, <laughs> the tulips. roses and yeah. tulips. Ocean waves. <laughs> Do you partner with museums? This is Dorothy Moss, Associate Curator of Painting and Sculpture for the National Portrait Gallery Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. She has some ideas for how we could immediately infuse our hotels with art. And to be honest with you, it's the best idea we've heard in a while. I think that if hotels were extensions of what's happening in a local museum, like a sec part two to an exhibition or another way to think Mm. about the ideas presented in a museum exhibition, that there's more of a dialogue and then it could actually become a serious art space. Yeah. uh, Yeah. As opposed to uh, art for a hotel where this is more in, you know, it would rotate, but Mm. more in line with sort of what's happening right there in that place in the art scene. And I like the idea of wanting to speak to the local community as much as the travelers. I do think those partnerships would be welcome on the side of museums, too. Yes. See, I think that was part of my question, too. I always think, I mean, I know that it's what you all struggle against, but I think of museums as sort of 
fiefdoms in mm-hmm. a way, you mm-hmm. know? No, I think that's something that museums are definitely trying to break free from. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good promotion, too. It yeah. It gets people into the museum. And it makes the art more accessible to broader audiences because it's not people who are would necessarily go to a museum, but they're, it comes to them, and then maybe they will think about visiting the museum, and there's this whole sort of reciprocal relationship that could be established. Yeah. How do you get people to talk about it and to ask questions and to wonder, oh, why is this here? Well, I think um, because we're in this age of social media, one way is to create a dialogue online through social media platforms where museums are starting to uh, put hashtags in exhibition spaces. That's one way. But in the spaces of the museum, we often bring artists in to lead dialogues um, and we promote those and make sure there's signage around the museum for people who are just coming in saying we're having a talk with an artist in front of his or her work of art Um, and I I don't see why you couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. When I checked into a hotel recently in London the associate pointed out the art in the room when he was showing, that's another you know, checking me in. Yeah, make sure that it's in the people who are at the desk um, should be pointing it out and just kind of integrate it into the welcoming of visitors. So you feel so they understand this is something that Marriott really um, cares about and is is part of the experience very purposefully. Yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't think about that our associates would have to be docents a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I need it in a museum. I certainly would need right. it if I walked yeah. into yeah. a hotel lobby right. and there was something I didn't expect on the wall. So um. Yeah, it's almost like you need to reorient the whole hotel experience. And actually, you could introduce the visitors. If it sounds like Dorothy has thought about this a lot, it's because she has. Museums are having to reinvent themselves too. We are trying new things and, and going outside the museum. And when she says that, she's not talking about just putting a few paintings in a hotel lobby or rooms. Jorge Rodriguez Garada uh, is an artist who proposed creating a portrait in sand and soil for us on the mall. And we happened to hit a point in time when the mall was, the grass was being replanted. And um, we proposed this to the park service and they allowed us to um, create this installation. Installation is an understatement. This work was called Out of Many One. It stretched across six acres of the National Mall, and it was the largest portrait ever commissioned by the National Portrait Gallery. But that was in October of 2014. And while that was a big change, this reinvention was just getting started. And as a National Portrait Gallery, we also have the opportunity to think about identity more broadly and what it means to live in the United States right now. It's, you know, it's a global culture. What it means to be a diverse community. How do we represent the sort of spectrum of human experience with inclusion as a priority so that it's not just showing the presidents and the founders of the country and painted portraits, which turn out to be of all white men. So we're doing all sorts of innovative work in order to to make that happen, including performance art, where we ask artists to come in and actually create a living installation in front of our visitors and leave behind part of the installation afterwards so that the um, experience lives on. I'm also seeing a lot of of artists who 
are rethinking history and the way history has been told, and that might be because of the context of the Smithsonian, but this sort of critical assessment of whose story has been the dominant story and how can artists interrupt that narrative um, in, in new ways. And that, to me, is some of the most exciting work that's happening out there. We've had a lot of comments about how people feel they're seeing their story told for the first time in these spaces, um, which is really interesting. And I think visitors are looking for these immersive experiences um, that might only happen one time, but that you know form community through the experience and really bring people together. You do see this community form around the artist, which is really quite moving. This may sound like a negative question, yeah. but why should, um, why should people care about art? So I think people should care about art, especially right now, because it is one way for us to understand each other's differences. If an artist is tackling questions of identity or presenting another perspective, it's a way to have a more nuanced understanding of the human experience. Also, people need to have an aesthetic experience in their lives, whether you're trying to bring that aesthetic experience to them so they can think through tough questions that are being debated in the world, or whether they just need a place to be and to immerse themselves in a beautiful experience. And I think especially right now when people are feeling like we need to find ways to come together, art truly is, is one of those means for doing so. For someone who started her career in art curation as a child, collecting leaves, sticks, and rocks, and then arranging them, Dorothy's idea of what art can do has definitely expanded. And we think she'd be happy to meet Martin, who's been bringing art into hotels for quite some time now. What, what do you want me to say? Just say hello. Hello. What you ate for hello, breakfast. Hello, Megan. I, I haven't actually had breakfast yet. I was waiting for lunch. But I'm also a New Yorker, so like breakfast is an Americano. And like Martin's the director of design strategies for Marriott's luxury brands, like St. Regis and Ritz-Carlton. And he's definitely a New Yorker. But, well, there's this too. I mean, uh, an unknown part of my story is I started out as a fashion designer in the Philippines. And it's, it's funny, I did this as a teenager. I was literally still in high school and sending out entries to all these fashion competitions. That's where curiosity set in. So that was really a, a, a tone setter for, for like my future. He went on to attend Parsons School of Design and worked at Gucci. But in between his time as a fashion designer and before this new job, he spent a large chunk of time working on the design for the W brand. He knows it well. Um, and I've seen, it, I've seen how it's changed over the years and how it continues to evolve. For those not familiar, the W is a hotel brand entirely influenced by what's new and next in design, art, music, and fashion. But Martin would tell you it wasn't always that way. So art wasn't always a strong component of the brand. We really started to focus on it as the portfolio just started to um, explode. Um, and there was really a need to try to create a, a unique story for each property and avoid becoming a big box brand. So that's really where art started to come in. Um, and start to drive the notion of storytelling. Yeah, it's something important, I think, to stress is that each W property is very different. Yes. And it tries to, mm. you know, emulate the, the local community, too. Yes. For a W specifically, there is this notion of the design narrative. Don't worry, he'll explain. 
So it's the first deliverable for a design firm to be asking to research historical, social, and physical insights about the space. Like, let's say DC, a social context would be um, it's the seat of politics, and maybe we take, if it's the W, then maybe we take a fun poke at um, red tape and bureaucracy. What does that look like, the red tape? The red tape. There's literally a wall of red tape at the POV lounge. There's also a mural in that same space by Lady Ico. Do you have an artist that you got, you've gotten to work with through your design work with W that just really sort of knocked your socks off? Yes. Right. We've worked twice with a duo um, out of Mexico City, Annie Lask and Ivan Aguirre. So Ivan Aguirre is a photographer um, he's a fashion photographer, um, not necessarily fine arts, who does a lot of work for all of the um, Latin America publications. And Annie Lask, who's actually a fashion editor by by day job, but she's also a fashion stylist that works a lot with Ivan. We asked them to give us five looks using one model, um, highlighting five um, periods in um, Mexican culture, but do it through the lens of um, fashion. So we have one look, which was the modern, um, a modern take on Aztec and Mayan um, references, so going to the uh, pre-Hispanic times. We have the second look, which is based on the Spanish conquistador. We have a third look, which was based on the Mexican Revolution. A fourth that focuses on the golden age of Mexican cinema, uh, specifically the film star Dolores del Rio. And the fifth, which was a, a a cheeky take on the luchador culture of um, current Mexico City. And you said those are for pillows? We're using them for pillows, and we're also using them for wall art every once in a while. The W does have good pillows. Yeah. Does it? I, I've only been... And that's like the... That's the W approach to art, really, is that it's not... We're trying to get art off of a pedestal and make it a real, everyday thing. Um, it's not so precious. Um, it's definitely a way of communicating um, the identity um, but it's also a way to like, you know, for, it's like a wink to the guest. It's, it's like, you, they're not going to get the context immediately, but those that would, would really appreciate the gesture. So we're not trying to, you know, be universally liked by all, but if you get it, then you're going to love it. So now you're, you're transitioning yes. to the luxury brand. Yes. Uh, but how do you intend to bring what you've learned and what you've, you know, sort of innately got you know, to the brand and, and sort of infuse it with a little more of an artistic nature? I mean, there's definitely art established within, um, at least from the heritage Starwood brands, like the St. Regis has always had a close relation with the arts that's maybe not as, um, it's a story that's maybe not as expressed within the hotel, but it's been there. The challenge, I think, for, for the, the design teams moving forward with St. Regis is just to dispel the notion that it's like like a traditional brand when it's really not in the in its inception it's its aim was to be the most modern of its um of its time so that's something that we really need to push forward as to how do we maintain the language and constantly be pushing towards um modernity um and if i i just try to filter it through this question if john jacob astor were born today were alive today which artist would be he be looking at for you know this commission um, and what would his social costs be? Interesting, because John Jacob Astor had his own um, a pioneer for um, equality. <laughs> was he really? Um, if you look at the stories of the Titanic, when it, when, you know, when it was sinking, it was like he was putting life vests on other people and making sure other people got to safety. Um, 
yeah, and involvement in like social causes of the day, um, abolitionists and all that. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, uh, interesting stories coming out of um, John Jacob Astor's legacy as well. It's like your "What would Jesus do?" question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Don't get mad at me, but a lot of people don't <laughs> notice yeah. art. Yeah. Like they just. It's not something they pay attention to. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, no matter what form it is. But why should they look and and care? Because it's a very human thing. Art's art's always art's always a good indicator of the times, and it's also a good, it's also a positive way of and for of encouraging change. Um, and here's where we realize that Martin is on a bit of a mission within the hotel industry. I know it's hard in a hospitality context to try to make a personal connection, but it's definitely worth the attempt, since you know that a traveler is in this particular location for a reason, and there there must be a way to connect to speak to that experience from a, from the perspective of art. I don't know about you, Megan, but it's a relief to know that hotel art doesn't have to be so crappy. Yeah, and art can be anything. It can be a cloud in the lobby or a photograph on a pillow. I think what we've learned is that art is changing, and we need to change right along with it. I just want one of those W pillows. You're so obsessed with those pillows. I really like them. (laughs) Marriott Traveler. 